this most excellent day and this beautiful day so we can bask in your glory and stand in your presence and know who you are, to experience your love, to experience revelation that comes from you and through Seth. I want to thank you that we have people amongst us that that lean into you, that, that seek you, that love you, that want to feel your presence and bring that manifest presence to us. May we today yeah. experience a little bit more of that, actually a lot more of that. Yeah. May your glory come. It's here already. We feel it. We sense it. We want more. Yeah. The hunger is unreal. Lord Jesus, let your fire fall. In Jesus' name, amen. That's amen. The- We'll be right back after these messages. Not a very good pulpit. <laughs> At least it doesn't have wheels. <sighs> just go ahead and be drinking. I mean, if you don't know how to drink, just go glory, 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 hallelujah. Oh, shake up, oh, shunda, um, as she was praying, uh, she, I was uh, ooh, reminded of uh, one time, uh, I haven't been on Facebook much lately, but one time I was there and I went, oh, I've just been ambushed. I was sitting in my office and I was just like, I just went, I've just been ambushed. And Linda Livengood came on and said, ambush my foot, you stand in the middle of the road. And it's like... <laughs> Anyway, on Tuesday night, I'm going to be uh, with Mountain Hope Centre, which is a spring off from, from here, just, just sharing some of the, the goodness of God, just two hours outside of, of Los Angeles, and I'll just... If, if you don't want to drink, I'll have your share, you know. It's... it's Oh, my goodness, this is so good. <sighs> Blessed are the hungry, they shall be a nuisance. Do <laughs> you know why? Because they just go raiding the cupboard. They just, they, they stop being polite. And when you're really hungry, you, you, you don't worry about decorum. Oh, I'll just talk to church on this side. When you're really hungry, you don't worry about decorum. Yeah, yeah, yo, shook you under. And sometimes we say we're hungry, but we're actually more worried about decorum than we are about being hungry. And, 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 okay, and, and, and it's time for the church to actually get hungry and less worrying about decorum. Because, ah, fandaya. When we're hungry, we don't worry about anything. We just, we're after it. Uh, oh, it's like, uh, oh, shukianda. Anyway, I just want to talk a, for, for a few minutes before we just then, then sort of do more laying on of hands because that's one of the foundation doctrines which we totally understand. There are many things that shape our lives. And, and I, I love the fact that, you know, I come along and, and, and we've done the worship and then there's the prayer and, and, it, and, it, and it confirms to me what God's been stirring me early this morning about what to share. So, whoa, there are many things that shape our life, both naturally and, 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 and included, you know. You can tell that fish and chips and ice cream help shape my life. It's like, 
just yeah, some. This is a collection of very good decisions. Yeah, uh, the, our lives get shaped by all sorts of stuff. And, and, and what can shape our life is thoughts about things too. So, you know, we can think about, uh, um, well, I want to be like this or I want to be like that. And often those thoughts are then shaped by something else. And, and whoa! And I, and I want to just say, what is shaping your life? Because our lives are shaped by either thoughts from heaven or thoughts from earth. Because as we think, that's how it is. And the, the fact is, let's tell the truth and shame the devil. Most times our thoughts are first of all shaped from earth. But the Bible says we're supposed to look at what is unseen, talking about heaven, rather than what is seen, talking about earth. And so often it is that we allow ourselves to, even unconsciously, even though our spirit says, I want to be shaped out of heaven, we unconsciously get shaped more from earth than we do from heaven. We get shaped because of all sorts of different things like what will other people think and, 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 and what are the other people doing and, and, and can I afford this and I'm busy. And, and, and they are things that come from earth, not from heaven. Because God is eternal, therefore time is not the issue with Him. And, and so many times we, 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 we don't understand how easily we get shaped from earth. But actually, we're supernatural beings. So therefore, our default position should be, I'm getting shaped from heaven. I'm getting shaped from heaven. That's going to shape my... Is the Holy Spirit really shaping our thoughts? All I know, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> ah! I didn't used to be drunk like this, but I don't know how drunk I'm going to be. Ah, I mean, someone asked me recently, they said, when are you going to be normal? Ah. Last year, a church in New Zealand gave me a plaque. Well, the leaders, they've been the leaders, they gave me this plaque. I tried to be normal once. Worst two minutes of my life. <laughs> that was my thank you present for being in that church. I mean, what are we trying to be? Because the Bible says we're called to be like Jesus. Hello? We're called to be like Jesus, and we have all sorts of words for being like Jesus. I, 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 I like the words of being like Jesus. He's a demolition expert. He's an arsonist. I mean, let's just, let's just get our thinking from heaven as to how Jesus described himself. Because so easy it is for us to align ourselves with what religion has done and the, and the demon of, of religion. And so we'll all talk about gentle Jesus, meek and mild, which is not in the Bible. And, and, and it's, but it's a phrase which has been given more credence than even the Bible has sometimes. Jesus said, I've come to destroy the works of the devil. He's a demolition expert. And what's more, he gives us high explosive to get on and do it. That's called the power which is from above. And whoa, Kuriyanda, Shimaranda. But we get so caught up with trying to be nice that we forget how to be explosive. Oh, oh, we'll just try church on this side. We get so caught up with trying to be nice that we forget how to actually destroy the works of the devil. I was uh, speaking with some leaders the other day in the church and they, they were asking me some questions and I said, listen, get ready for lots of deliverance going on during Sunday mornings. It's awesome when it happens. 
I've had it so many times. And, and, and the revival police come along. Well, is that demonic? Yeah, probably. But as long as they're leaving, not coming, what's the problem? Because that's what's supposed to happen. I mean, isn't it terrible that people can come into church and walk out with their demons? It should not happen. No one should be able to coexist with demons after they've been in one of our gatherings. And I don't care what gathering it is, whether it's a big one or a small one, because the first sign of a believer is that in my name they'll cast out demons. Ah, shukurianda. But we, we get so caught up with this thought about, well, but, but the person might get offended or get somehow. I said, ah. It's like the, I was, a little while ago I was in Hope Centre and um, I said, you know, like teasing is my love language to the people. I mean, and I, it's, just, it's, just, it's just my love language. I was telling the congregation, you know, it's just, and this lady who had just not long started coming to Hope Centre, she came to me and she said, well, you haven't teased me, don't you love me? I said, well, I sure don't love your attitudes. And, and, and she was like, What? Well, no one's talked to me like that before. Well, no one had pushed a wheelbarrow first. But uh, there's always a first time for everything. I said, you, you've got to stop hanging on to your demons and get rid of them. And, and she was like, oh, I said, I'll start right now. It was, like, it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, but the fact is, come on now, unconsciously, we can so easily have an attitude of we want to be nice instead of we want to destroy the works of the devil, set the world on fire, do the things which Jesus did. When it talks good works, what are we talking about? We're not talking about baked beans and spaghetti. When he said they'll see your good works and glorify the Father, they were not talking about another bag of rice. Because the apostles describe what good works are. It's about deliverances. It's about miracles. It's about the demonstration of the power and the goodness of God. And then, come on, boys. Come on. (laughs) You come to church and get a boot in the backside. It's awesome. See, how do we define ourselves is also important. I've talked about being like Jesus. But you and I are called to be the people that live in the revelation of the promises of God. The promises of God should be shaping our life. I'll just try church this side. The promises of God should be what is shaping our life. The promises of God should be shaping our life. I mean, 43 years ago, Debbie gave me a promise and I gave her a promise and she put a ring on my finger. I'm so glad it never ended on my nose. And so (laughs) the reality is we made a promise and we've been keeping the promise. It's shaped our life. But God made a promise. He made a promise. He said, you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us and so many times people are content with an external touch of the Holy Spirit instead of drinking of the Spirit so it gets down on the inside so that that which was promised becomes... Because a touch of the Holy Spirit, which is an external thing, is not what Jesus was talking about. It's got to be that we allow ourselves to be so discombobulated. I can't spell that word. But the reality is to be so changed into His likeness that we're no longer shaped by the world, but we're shaped from what comes from heaven. The early church, we read about them. They had been shaped by the world. They were in fear. They locked the doors. A lot of other stuff was going on because they were being shaped from the world. And suddenly the Holy Spirit came and they rolled out looking like drunk people with an unshakable faith in the promise of God. An unshakable trust that He is faithful 
So that he was, Peter, Peter was able to say, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. And that promise is still for us because he said, and the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Now we can live in the intellectual understanding of that or we can live in the revelation of it. And I want to challenge us today that we've got to shift from an intellectual memory of that verse and start to live in a day-by-day revelation of that, that promise, that promise which is for us and it's for us who are far off, that there is a revelation of the power of God that we have to learn to walk in. And we've got to shift from being shaped from the world and being shaped by the promise of God. That the promises of God and every promise is yes and amen in Jesus. In other words, yes and amen, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And so Jesus gave a promise. He gave three promises. Whoa. (laughs) I love preaching. You never know what's going to happen. He said, I'm going to rise from the dead. I love the fact that he fulfilled that promise. I love the fact that the, that the biggest political authority on earth couldn't keep him contained. I love the fact that they bribed soldiers to tell lies. I love the fact that he rose because he was faithful to his promise. And he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he did. He sent the Holy Spirit. And that's why we can shakamahanda barunda lorulianda bashanda. And that's why we can lay hands on people and we never know what's going to happen. And that's why there can be a demonstration of the fact that God is alive. Because he sent the Holy Spirit. He was, and he sent another one. He, He gave another one, I mean, I'm coming back again. And the church doesn't talk enough about the coming again of Jesus because that's what's the future of this earth. That's what's going to happen. And that's why it's called the blessed hope because otherwise we start living by what we can see and we can start living by what we, what's going on around. Oh my goodness, do you know how bad things are? Oh my goodness, do you know what? Things aren't getting worse. They're getting better. It goes suddenly quiet in the room. Because God is at work and the river of God is moving in the nations, things are not getting worse. If we go back a few centuries, slavery was everywhere. But because of God at work, Slavery is not what it was. Health systems are much better because God has been at work. Come on, we've got to see God at work and not just focus on what the devil is doing. We've got to see what God has been doing and what He is doing. Why? Because Jesus made a promise. My Father is always at work. And therefore, we've got to see the hand of God down through the centuries and how things have got better. I mean, just only 200 years ago, kids were enslaved in factories in England. And today it would be unthinkable because God is at work and things are getting better. Why? Because it's going to get brighter and brighter until the perfect day. And sometimes we can so easily start to be shaped by the world around about that we forget to see what God is actually doing. He's doing amazing things. He's doing incredible things. He's using people just like us to advance His kingdom. But we've got to be people of promise, living in the revelation of the promise. Because what did Jesus do as He went to the cross? There were two things he said. He said, I've given them the glory you gave me. <laughs> Come on now. Who lives in the revelation that you, are, you have been already given the glory? Glory. 
the glory is rising, but we've been given the glory. Jesus said it as he went to the cross. He also said, I, I want them to have my joy. Hallelujah. It's, it's like, ah. But we don't live in the revelation of it because we too easily allow our soul and the world to shape our looks and our thinking. And we start looking around at what the devil's doing. But let's look at what God is doing. Let's look at the brightness, not the darkness. Because darkness is only the absence of light. And so, well, cool, shunder. And cold is only the absence of heat. So if it's a bit cold around, get on fire, stupid. It's like... <laughs> I don't understand Christians who say, I got dry. Well, that's because you weren't drinking, Dumbo. <laughs> ah, the church has a dehydration problem. Because <laughs> it's not drinking enough. <laughs> that's the only reason people get dry. It's because they don't drink. Someone in Auckland asked me recently at a pastor's thing I was at, he said, Seth, how have you stayed so buoyant and you've been pastoring for all these decades and you're still crazy? I went, because I drink a lot. So we have to, the Bible says, train yourself under godliness. That means get your thinkings changed into God as your reference point, not the earth. God is your reference point, not the earth. It's like one pastor in Auckland said to me, you don't care whether we like you or not, do you? I said, no, I don't care. I mean, because if you start living your life by whether people like you or not, they are leading your life, not the Holy Spirit. They're leading your life, not God. Huh. Now I'm not talking about being stupid. I'm not talking about being crass. I'm not talking about being an idiot. I'm talking about if you shape your life on other people, that's why the Bible says we're not to compare ourselves with other people. I've got friends, they are amazing orators and you, God uses them with great words and all things. I'm not like that. I'm just a drunk. And that's how God uses me. And I had to be able to say, I'm totally happy with, with this. <laughs> and if that's the way God wants to use us. But I've never found God wanting to use people looking like roadkill waiting for the resurrection. <laughs> how are you? Oh, I'm just waiting for Jesus to come. I mean, <laughs> We're not supposed to be roadkill waiting for the resurrection. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. And so therefore we're supposed to be walking, talking, resurrection, demonstrating demons, overpowering demonstrations of the kingdom of God. So, oh my Karianda, when we live in the revelation of what has already been given us, what God has already done, suddenly we can live in the revelation that... He's already given us power. Now, how much power can you have? I mean, I've already talked about the difference between 9 volts and 11,000 volts electricity. I mean, it's, it's awesome. 9 volts is just party trick on your tongue. It's like... <laughs> Go to America, they're cheapskates. They only have 110 volts. <laughs> At least we, we, we've got... 230, I mean, it's quite moving when 230 gets to you. It's 400 volts has gone from that finger all the way through there to there. It's like, huh. people say, why didn't you die? Because my times are in his hands, not the electricity's hands. It's like, huh. I've, I've seen tools, just my 12-inch spanner went from there to there because it just happened to get into the wrong place. <laughs> and it just disappeared. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Just what happens when someone asks me the other day, why is it that when some people come near you, they start manifesting? <laughs> because greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. It's so good. And then a young man said to me just a couple of weeks ago, just before I went to Sri Lanka, he said, I've obviously been hanging out with you too much. I said, why? He said, I was in the 
the, the coffee shop having a drink with someone, doing a business meeting, and suddenly someone walked into the cafe and started manifesting. I went, yes! <laughs> It'd be terrible if every demon can just walk past and sit in the next seat and there's no, and they're quite comfortable. Hello? Come on, let's, let's, lift, let's lift the revelation. And so Jesus, he says, I'm going to pour out my spirit. Here, 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 why don't you read that verse for me? There, there. that's it. You do it. Acts 2, 17 to 18. In the last days, God says, oh, yeah. I will pour out my spirit on all people. What's that word? All. What does it mean? Everyone. Everyone. You too. Yes, you too. And all them. And all. Cool. Oh, you you can carry on preaching now. (laughs) (laughs) Carry on. You sure? (laughs) No, I'm having fun. I'm drinking. (laughs) Yeah, it's spilling over. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women. Have your glasses. Ah, fogging up. I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. (sighs) Thanks. Just, just this is the promise. So all is all. They're going to do it, but what are we going to do? What's going to be the outflow? It says we're going to prophesy now. Too often prophecy is a, oh, taken as the people that get that funny looking. It's going to be, and they will prophesy. And, and prophecy, that's and prophesy. <laughs> and, and so what does Paul tell us? It's for exhortation, edification, encouragement. They are all, the language that we should be using everywhere we go is exhortation, edification, encouragement. So whether we go to work, we're edifying, we're building people up. When we go to church, we're edifying, we're building people up because we're prophesying. We're prophesying because that's part of what the promise is. And so therefore there is no room in Christian circles for people to be mumpy and grumpy and basically cooperating with the devil. No Christian gathering should have people having a a, a misery complaint. Oh, you know how bad it is. Well, get born again. Get filled with the Spirit because they will prophesy. It doesn't say some of them. It's in the context of all. And so that means every time we gather together, there should be an expression of the Holy Spirit whereby we're building one another up and we're encouraging one another and we're speaking the language of heaven and we're changing the the thought patterns of people because we're prophesying because prophecy is coming from heaven to earth. It's coming from heaven, the thoughts that God has. And His thoughts are only good to us continually. You can never prophesy too much. I'll tell you what you can do, not prophesy enough. And I'm not talking about personal prophecy. You're going to go and do this and you're going to do that and everything else. There's a, there's a wonderful place that I love it. But I'm talking about just the general exhortation and encouragement because the word encouragement comes from Latin. I studied it for three. No, no, I attended class for three years. And but encouragement is from the Latin word core, heart. Chorus, heart. And it literally means putting new heart into you. Which notice the scriptures talks about he put new heart into me. When we're supposed to be why are we putting new heart into people? Because the heart is our belief system. We believe from the heart. And so the Holy Spirit wants us to be putting a new belief system into everybody, to be the people of faith. Why? Because we, we don't walk by what we see. We walk by faith. Whoa! Now, come on now. 
How many times our language is shaped by what we see and not by what we don't see? Our prayers can even be shaped from what we see rather than what we don't see. You see, prayer is never a needs-based function. It's a vision-based function because it's coming from what is unseen. It just went quiet. Because many times prayer, when it's needs-based, is coming out of the soul. But we are supernatural people. And therefore, we're coming out of the realm of the Spirit. And therefore, our encouragement to people is out of the realm of the Spirit. This is good stuff, isn't it? This is really good, I know, because I'm preaching it. And so the reality is that it can be a challenge. But without a challenge, we just stay in the same thing. I mean, some people will say to me, yeah, yeah, that's all right, Seth, but we're well established. No, no, that means you're stuck in the mud. And so the reality is we're going from faith to faith. From a level of faith to a greater level of faith. That's our belief system. And that's why we can encourage one another. We can stir up the faith in one another to believe for what you couldn't believe for last week. To expect to see what you couldn't see last week. And, and, and I, was, I was praying for a person in Sri Lanka. And afterwards, I mean, they were healed. And afterwards they said, you totally expect me to be healed. Absolutely. Because either you do or you don't. Yeah, that's one thing I learned from living life with a family and five children. There's no middle course. Debbie was either pregnant or she was not pregnant. <laughs> there was either life or there wasn't. It's just as simple as that. And so it is. When the spirit of life is in action, there's either life or there's no life. There's no in-between spot. And yet... Humanity tries to get us into some area of comfort. Oh, well, you know, we're, 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 we're nearly there. That means we're not there. And therefore, we have to pursue. But we have to also live in the revelation that we've already been given glory. And what is the glory of the Lord? I'm glad you asked. Oh, it's just come. This is some of it. Uh, that'll work. I mean, this is just a minor little demonstration of glory, the weight that comes on. Come on. It's just the heaviness, the weight. Whoa! But glory is also the miraculous. Why did Jesus turn water into wine? Oh, because he wanted to get them all drunk. No, the Bible is very clear. This he did to display his glory. That he was not bound by the physics of this world. He was not bound by the natural rules. He was not bound by the creation he created. That he, his miraculous can't be contained. And so, you know, as we head into the glorious future that God has for us, let's make sure that our Reference points are coming from heaven, that our thinking is coming out of the Spirit. I was sharing with the Hope Network last week. Except the Lord build the house. The Lord is the Spirit. Except the Holy Spirit build the house. They labor in vain that try to work. Because the Holy Spirit is the best one who knows how to do what needs to be done. So, why are we going to receive power? I'm glad. I'm so glad they asked these questions. <laughs> because there is a promise. The earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. We live in a world where the word knowledge is interpreted as information. But in Scripture, in God's world, knowledge is encounter. Knowledge means you encountered something. 
you actually experienced it. The earth shall be filled with encounters with the miraculous, life-changing, everything's been changed, power of God. The earth shall be filled with encounters with the power of God. Just as two massive oceans, Atlantic and Pacific, shape when people look at the earth from space or they take photos of the planet. It's not Taronga that they all go, whoa, that's amazing. What defines the earth is two massive big oceans, the Atlantic and the Pacific. And God, who created those in the first place, said, that's going to be the definition that you'll see on the earth. The earth shall be as full. The earth will be defined by the moving of my spirit, just as in the natural it's defined by two big oceans. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the Waikato? Can you imagine the Waikato? Can you imagine the Bay of Plenty? Can you imagine the different provinces of New Zealand being defined by the moving of the Holy Spirit and then the North Island being defined by the moving of the Holy Spirit and the South Island being defined by the moving of the Holy Spirit and the West Island by the moving of the Holy Spirit. And any West Islanders here, God bless you. Can you imagine? The West Islanders, some people call it Australia. It's, uh, can you imagine the earth being defined by the moving of the Holy Spirit? In our natural, we would say no. But in the Spirit, we say yes, because we are people of faith and we are people of revelation. And that's why we learn to drink more of the Spirit. And that's why we can never have enough drinking of the Holy Spirit. That's why we shift from enjoying the touch of His presence to now allowing His presence to change us. I love the presence. I live in the presence. It's just who we're supposed to be. Hiya! Ooh! Coriander. Because His presence brings favor. His presence brings atmosphere change. His presence does everything. Over 20 things in Scripture that His presence actually does. And so many times we can, we can even have prayer meetings wanting this and wanting that and wanting that. And actually it's all found in His presence. What we need is His presence. How do we have His presence? It's quite easy. Shakamahanda Burundu Lulu Lavashanda Bahanda. This is not going to work. Someone asked me, does this happen all over the world? Yes. Someone asked me, so what do Germans think about it? Oh, I don't care. I'm going to be in England in, uh, next weekend. No, yeah, next weekend. I'm going to be in a conference in England. Wonderful middle class, southern England, Bournemouth. Oh, it's going to, it's, it's going to be so wonderful. It's going to be so messed up. <laughs> Someone said to me, how do you know it's going to be? Because I'm expecting it, stupid. Because <laughs> ah, God is faithful. Because he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. So I have this expectation that you're going to have to run fast or be very full of doubt not to get full of the Spirit. He's going to pour out His Spirit on all people. Huh. But come on, there is a lot of people who call themselves Christians who spend more time doubting about the Holy Spirit than they do believing about the Holy Spirit. And then they wonder why they don't experience the Holy Spirit. I have that wonderful German word, dumm. 
So as I think about closing, because you know you get near twelve o'clock and it's it gets to lunchtime and you get hungry. No promises. I, I just said I'm going to start and think about it. How can we have our reference point from heaven more by default rather than the thinking of the earth? It's only by the Spirit. It's only by the Spirit. Only by the Spirit. Because the Spirit is to guide us, to teach us. He's the one who is here on earth to do what needs to be done. And so, in the next few minutes, there is another level of power that is available. We're thankful for what we have, but there is more. Many of you will know that between the North Island and the South Island, there's three big cables that that come. Under, on the seabed and it starts well the cables come overhead from Ben Moore down in the middle of Otago and, and all that and they end up on a hill above the Hutt Valley big substation there they were bringing off and then people in Tauranga were using too much electricity so they had to try and get more across Oh, and Auckland as well, and a few other places. They couldn't change the size of the cable. Those cables already warm. They have that they, 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 the nitrogen is pumped into them so that they stay a bit cool, and they've got the sea to keep them cool. They couldn't change, but they wanted more power across. There was only one way. They upped the voltage. They upped the voltage. They had originally started off at, when they were first designed at 110, then they went to 250,000 volts, 250,000 volts. Now it's running at 500,000 volts. There's a lot more power available. Let God up the voltage in your life. Let God change the voltage voltage its technical term when we were learning about electricity was potential difference let God change the potential difference in your life you go near some of those overhead lines our first house was built near one of them it was alright but every time the mist came and suddenly your hair would go that's not why I lost my hair it's not But when they raised the voltage, they had to be aware that some things had to change because the potential was now even greater, that the moment you got near it, things would start to happen. Just imagine your life with the potential difference in you changed up. So a sick person comes and they get healed just because you were there. People look at you, and when you talk like this, they go, ah, oh, if your thinking is from the earth, you're going to be going, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when your spirit is alive, when your reference point is with God, all things are possible. Suddenly we go, oh, I'm not looking at what my natural eyes are seeing. I'm looking by what my spiritual eyes are seeing. My heart has been transformed. He's given me a new heart. He's taken away the stony heart of unbelief, and he's given me the, the new heart that beats with a new dimension of faith. And so I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Let's be the people of the Spirit. Let's be the people whose lives are shaped by the Spirit. I mean, the reality is, is uh, there was so many good things I was writing here and looked at this morning, but it doesn't matter. But I just will close with, with Peter. And he said, we have 
His divine power has given us, not will give us, has given us everything we need for a godly life. But he then goes on to say, make every effort to add, to add to the faith you've been given. We've all been given a measure of faith. We've all been given a measure of faith. Uh, We'll just try this side again. We've all been given a measure of faith. We've all been given a measure of faith. But it says something has to happen to it. When I was on the farm, as some of you know, I loved using gelignite. That's high explosive. Solidified nitroglycerine. It's just, it's awesome. If you've got a tree in the wrong place, don't worry about a chainsaw and all the hard work of digging. Three sticks of gelignite and a fuse. I mean, that tree, it was firewood. It was just <laughs> trees like this big, put up a big pine tree that was in the wrong place in the hay paddock. Just four sticks of gelignite. It's so good seeing this massive 80-year-old tree leap into the air. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, eh? It's, it's the farmer's best friend. It's like... <laughs> you could get that gelignite and it'd be like just this round, an inch round, 25 millimetres round and so on. You could cut it, you could do what you like with it. It was, it was potential. It was potential. But it put a detonator in with a little bit of a fuse and put a match to it. And suddenly the potential suddenly changed everything. We've all been given a measure of faith. But in just a moment, I'm going to pray and lay hands on you all that the fire of the Holy Spirit is going to come and touch your faith. And change the potential into something that is living quick and powerful. That wherever you go, things are going to happen because we have been given that promise and we've got to learn to live in the revelation that faith is not potential, but it's high explosive that wherever it gets, where it's needed, one touch of the Holy Spirit and boom, something can happen. Oh, Asha Karyanda. Shunda. I was talking to to Duncan Smith during the week, the leader of Catch the Fire, and he was talking about some stuff, and I said, oh, my illustration is when we were clearing the swamp on the farm, Jellignite was the answer. Digging was not. But it was amazing. And the river of God wants to flow. And wherever there's a blockage, oh, you can do what you like, but one touch of the high power of the whole explosive of God. Boom! Get ah, Jealousy, envy, bitterness, all that stuff that comes because people have allowed stuff in their life. Whoa, the power of the Holy Spirit can blow that stuff out of people's lives. And instead, the river of God can flow like never before. How much of the river can we go? We're going downstream with the river. I'll just say it again. We're going downstream. We're not standing there watching the river go past us. We're going downstream. We're going to follow that river downstream because it starts off ankle deep. But as the Spirit took him down further, suddenly it's knee. Suddenly it couldn't even swim. But it went downstream and suddenly the miraculous started to happen. There was healing. There was salvations. There was harvest. There was provisions. And then the greatest miracle of all, the salt became fresh. Ha! Shukuriyanda! Because the river had arrived. Imagine that happening in Tauranga, that we make sure we go downstream with the river until such a point that the river starts to change everything. Ha! Shukuriyanda! So, it's time to get off our blessed assurance. (laughs) And stand up, please because I'm not going to stand for much longer. (laughs) It's been a a, a delight to be with you again. It's been too long. But uh, 
I'm like every good penny I shall return. Right now, just position yourself. This one is going to be, you're going to have to do the walking because my legs aren't. But, but yeah, you'll be able to just come down here and, and, and I'll just lay hands on you. But this is my prayer, that the faith you already have, the faith that you have, because that's the promise, there is going to be a fire of the Holy Spirit come upon that faith in a new way. And you're going to be able to live in the revelation of the promise, not just the information of the promise, a new dimension of living in the revelation. And so Holy Spirit, in these next few minutes, thank you that you have things you're going to unlock and unleash. Thank you there's a shift that is taking place in individual lives and in the corporate life of the church. Oh yeah, whoa, shippohunda that the fire of the Spirit is going to touch the faith you've already given. And we will see the works of the devil destroyed. We will see the miraculous. We will see the river in flood. Ha! In Jesus' name. Kaburanda, why don't you go ahead and just thank God for His promises. Thank God for the reference from heaven. Thank God for the fullness that is, is whoa, whoa, promised to us. In the name of Jesus, we say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So why don't you just quickly step out and, uh, and, and just come. It's, I'm not, I'm not going to be a long prayer. It's just, just a touch, but there's a fire that's available. Yeah.